Hello and welcome, Star Wars fans, to this week's episode of Duel of the Ranks, a show where we debate takes so hot that they'd melt a planet with twin suns. My name is Brody, and this week I'm joined by my co-hosts Amanda and Christian as we attempt to discover what story is truly the best from a galaxy far, far away. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing The Mandalorian Season 3, Chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. By the end of this episode, we'll have a definitive answer on where this piece of Star Wars content ranks amongst the rest. What an episode. What a lot happened. I mean, wow. There's so much we have to talk about. I'm so ex- so excited to discuss the mind. It's just episode two, and we're already like so much content. Like the real meat and potatoes of this season, yeah, is already out. The no gate. fillers, no fillers whatsoever, yeah. none at all. I mean, wow! Off to the races. We have a guest on tonight who mentioned, "Hey, they're staying on track. This is really crazy. What an awesome." You know, the, the, the way the show is pacing. So speaking of that, really excited to bring on our guest tonight. He is the, well, one of the hosts of the Die Out of the Force podcast, puts a lot of great content on TikTok for those who love Star Wars and really just out there with going to Star Wars Celebration and putting out a lot of great stuff for Star Wars fans to consume online. So be sure to help us with greet with a warm welcome, Element 7. Element, how are you doing today, sir? I think you're on mute. Oh, I'm doing well. How about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> we Good. are great. We're so Good glad to, to you. have you. This is like such a lore heavy episode, and we're so glad to have a lore master yes. like you on our you. side. Oh, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I actually had myself on mute so that I didn't speak friend and enter. <laughs> yes. yes he gets it he gets it i do want to say and i was like you know element in his contract he he did say we wrote in we'll get him visually but we're not getting his voice like we c- couldn't afford that, that much yeah we couldn't, couldn't <laughs> get that much now i'm really excited to have you on because i do i really enjoy star wars but i am a crazy big tolkien nerd and oh. i know you're pretty familiar with Tolkien yourself with with uh, what you do for a living. So, yeah, excited to have you on. You know all about lore. I don't know how much you want to share with our audience, but yeah, you, you know a thing or two about pieces of content that are really have a lot of lore rooted into them, like this episode of Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'll i share as much as I can with whoever <laughs> wants to learn about it. That's how I got started in the first place. Um I, you know, I got my start on TikTok just telling people to shut up because they were complaining <laughs> a lot. Um, but, you know, people started asking questions and I was like, hey, I can answer these questions. And uh, man, the, the, the change from like the zeitgeist from two or three years ago to today is amazing. Like now when people ask questions, I got like a whole maybe list of page or pages of people who will comment and answer for me i'm like that's so cool i like it yeah these people are reading books now they're all into it i like it yeah it's a great time to be a star wars fan read the books it's fun get deeper christian's read a few books just a few probably not as much as element seven why don't you write a star wars book christian oh you guys wouldn't want that (laughs) i would want that (laughs) I'd be very interested. I mean, we have very different takes on Star Wars as of every single episode we right do. now. So I, I probably wouldn't like your book. You would like, but burn I'd support my you. Book. You put it on <laughs> I would three. Su- 
<laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go, man. Here we I'd, go. I'd buy it. I'd support it. Oh, thanks, man. I wouldn't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like but, you. But speaking of writing, Amanda wrote a summary. I did. Ooh, look <laughs> yeah. at that transition. Oh, You're getting okay. good at those. You know, the summary, good at those. the summary was really hard to write because, wow, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So... First, Din and Grogu stop to visit their good friend Pelimoto, seeking a replacement memory circuit for IG-11. With none at hand, she gives the duo R5 to take with them as they seek out the minds of Mandalore. Din has R5 go seek out the safety of the air, and when R5 goes missing, Din goes out to see for himself. As Din and Grogu make their way to the bottom of the mines, Din gets captured by a spider-like bionicle who disarms and traps him. He orders Grogu to find Bo-Katan and bring her back to help him. Bo-Katan defeats the bionicle using the Darksaber and helps aid Din on the next part of his quest, finding the mythical living waters of Mandalore. So one thing I need to say, I was totally joking when I told you it was called a bionicle. When you were writing that? No, I think it is called that. You know, a Bionicles. It's the it's cyborg. Canon it's yeah. canon now. <laughs> what, are, what, are, what is... Um... I don't know what it's called. It might be called a Bionicle. I don't know. But it, it reminded me of a Bionicle, so that's what I said. One great summary. You nailed you it. You did. I, think I was sweating. This, you nailed the transition. The, you nailed <laughs> the summary. The, it was... And I like Element 7's take on this, but the, the cyborg droid predator that was awesome to see a great steampunk yes. feel and like i immediately i was telling um both of them before that it really reminded me i was getting the frenzy decepticon from transformers like the little <laughs> guy like yeah, with, with game, uh, i was getting that guy like vibes from him and obviously kind of like a grievous but i don't know if we've seen much of anything like that in star wars before it's just fresh yeah Cool, interesting, it's creepy. Wow, and there was a good mix of fresh, a good mix of like some of the old. We have R five, yeah, back in this episode. Bring and him the, back. Uh, I was watching a behind the scenes of this where Dave Filoni really made sure there was like oil streaks on the part of the well, the gasket up top that blew, mm. and from episode four. And he's like, "Well, why wouldn't he still be on Tatooine?" Like, that's the last time we <laughs> saw him. So, so really, the attention to detail in some of those old things as well, and the, uh, Naboo Starfighter, where the alphabet was written. In whatever that Naboo language is. Super cool. Just super cool attention to detail on some of the old stuff we've seen. And Pelimoto speaking straight Jawa. Ripping people oh, off. funny. Almost. <laughs> almost in a perfect accent. I like yes. that. Yes. She was perfect. No Just teeth. great keep, accent. Keeping continuity. right into it. It's Just so perfect if you close your eyes and you think that what that's one of the Jawas speaking. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yes. That's what I thought during my Maybe during she the live reaction. <laughs> she probably... Could have. I'd like to mention we had got Leia's only hope in the chat. Chime yeah, in. and we got a we got a new. Um, well, okay, maybe it's not a new holiday, but Boon to Eve is what they were celebrating on Tatooine. Ph- yes, Menace. great call. Oh, that's yes, right. it's yes. a great callback to it. It's like, oh, right. So X amount of years before we had, you know, the events of Phantom Menace, and, and you see them like you know doing the little pod <laughs> racing around the. Yeah. The town was Man, just so how, cool. How great would it have been if, like, during that that cold open shot, you just heard the right? Yes. Oh. He's still racing. Oh. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there goes Quadranero's power coupling. Oh, 
I would have died. I was kind of hoping he actually stayed on Tatooine. This, I was like, get off Tatooine. They said, boon to Eve. I'm like, stay a little while. Have a drink. <laughs> we gotta see this. Let's just and see also, the race. And also, like, no Boba or Fennec in sight. Are they just, like, not part of the festivities? Yeah. That was... Uh, and I, I was actually talking to someone today. I'm like, we went to Tatooine and no Boba. And the guy was like, thank the Lord. <laughs> That's a good point. So hurt. Yeah, I, I was that, so hurt. I think the contract is Din can go on B- Boba's show and Boba can't go on Din's show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right? see. We'll, we'll see. see. We got a lot we'll more see. season to go. I can't wait because they're going to announce Book of Boba Fett season two this no, season. I'm not. feeling it. I just it's know not. it's going to happen. It's yeah. got to happen. It's got to happen. What else has got to happen this season? Well, we're going to see more Mythosaur. I mean, we're already crossing <laughs> you said the big M-word? things. I said the M word. We saw the M word. We did. I didn't think that would happen, especially really? so soon. I When the episode started, especially with like the precap. Where they mentioned the where Mythosaur. Where they mentioned it. I was, I was like, like oh, no way. You said it. No <laughs> way. But I was like, I was like, the whole time we're going for I'm like, I think they're going to do it. Right at the end, I think they're gonna do it, and it was epic. Yeah, I couldn't believe oh. it. I was, I was impressed that I love that this episode you get to see Din. He's been kind of doing this in the last couple episodes, where you see him really teaching Grogu like he is his son. Oh yeah, and he's like, okay, you see how the ship works, and we were here, and now we're going there, and it's set up for Grogu to be sort of like the lead character in this moment, and. I loved it. Yeah. He did so well. I like you pointing that out. I saw him for the first time really as a Mandalorian Grogu. Or just yeah. Like, yeah. It really yeah, kind of yeah. set it in my mind when he was talking to him like that. Um, but yeah, because he was like, as a Mandalorian, we, we like, navigate need to do this. and I and liked then, the layout of the system. And yeah. then Bo Katan was also, you know, passing down the stories of like her time on this planet. And yeah, it was just really touching. I was impressed. Wow. Grogu, lead actor. And let's let's also go ahead, Element. You're going to say something. Oh no, I was just going to say that th- those are what what I like to call exposition Din and exposition Bo. Mm. Um, if Grogu's not there, they're just speaking to the air. Yeah. So, f- so in most yeah. uh, cases, Grogu is a stand-in for for the audience. It's like I was give thinking us the that- lore bits, you know. Yeah, mm. because they haven't, if especially if you haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels. You're getting introduced to Bo-Katan like really deeply for the first time. And I felt like I was getting to know a whole new piece of her too. Just seeing her come to life on screen. Katie Sackhoff is just continues to blow me away every episode. Even when she um, sees the N1 Starfighter coming back and she's like, nah, we got to tell this dude to get out of here. And she's like, oh no, it's the baby. Where's your daddy? Yeah. So great. She's like, mommy's here. She was great. And yeah, and her talking, I mean, Katie Sackhoff just killed. I think for me, this is the best Bo-Katan we've ever had. Goes back to this Wait, planet. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, I get this Minds of Moria feel where she's going to see her home world and everything. She's like, it didn't always look like this. And she goes and, you know, boom, everything's just weighed laced by the enemy or whatever. And they go deeper and deeper into the bowels of the mines. And instead of waiting for, there is a big old Balrog. Mm. It's a mythosaur. <laughs> yeah. So... The whole time, that's what I was thinking. But yeah, she's explaining to Grogu about her experiences with the Jedi and asking about how powerful he is with the Force. And it was just cool. It was cool to see that, but also just to see with herself, 
they talked about in this last episode, well, you know, Mando, they, they referred to him as an apostate in the Book of Boba Fett, and that's what they're talking about now as well. But it's kind of her state as well. Whereas he was exiled, she's on the other state of being an apostate where she's kind of willfully walking. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff is just a big show. None of it's real. And she's encountering this person. Maybe she never really believed like that. It kind of reminds you of someone of some sort of faith, where this person was kind of brought up in this religion and on one side and saw all the, you know, maybe the the inner workings of everything. It isn't super bought in, but gets it's there. It has its purpose, whatever. And she meets someone else who's wholeheartedly just has so much faith. And it's kind of restoring that for her. And then it was one of those have to see it to believe it type events with the mythosaur by the end. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of really getting her to where he's starting to see her side of things. She's also getting to see his and kind of have that character growth on her end. So it's it's just really cool to see uh, how they fit that in. There's probably not a whole lot of dialogue this episode, but I feel like you really connect with her as a character with what she does say. So she, you could almost say that they're like a dyad. <laughs> I mean, and and the way that, you know, Bo-Katan was really watching Din, like she she's obviously super skeptical. But as she is back on her home planet for the first time and who knows how long you get the sense of how much she's really missed it. She has this fond smile on her face, remembering back to what it was. And even as she takes him to the living water, she's like, let me read you this plaque about this fun little mythical story mm. that dates back far beyond any of us. And I thought it was hilarious that he kept his armor on when he went in there. I was like, dude, you're, you got to take some of that off. I thought yeah. that was obvious. I thought that's what was going to happen. Me too. Yeah. And I was just like, going to have a what? shirtless, but just yeah, I was like, on. let's, Let's I thought go. we were going to get a Mando butt shot. I thought it was happening today. <laughs> I, I called it out. I was like, he's got to get naked. But then he did the opposite. He just yeah. kept everything on. <laughs> but not his cloak. Yeah. Not No capes. <laughs> no capes in the water. No yeah. jetpacks. No, yeah. No jetpacks. No guns. Everything no else. Capes. No, no capes. capes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you kind of get the impression when he... Um, when he's walking out there into the lake, you see her look at him in this very fond way. It feels like maybe they're trying to hint at a love story. And I, for one, am a Star Wars has always been a love story and has always had romance in it. So I am pro romance in Star Wars. I think that this obviously needs more to to simmer. Sure. But um, I was getting that feeling, and I think she was just really inspired by his faith and, like, really him, like, living and walking the past of Mandalore that she remembers, like, her father being, like, the leader of. Yeah, those are the exact words I was using, like, inspired, she admires, and has, like, a newfound respect Mm -hmm. for that. And I think that's, yeah, huge for Bo-Katan there. And it was awesome to see her wielding the dark saber yeah she did that well, like a piece of cake yeah oh man she connected with that kyra crystal well it's not her first time nope listen it's 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 hard to think that bo katan would lose to moff gideon after seeing that yes. so yeah. i don't know yes. i don't know how many people know this but bo katan is uh, several levels above din in in fighting experience and prowess mm-hmm. and the moment I saw her wielding the dark saber, 
you know, it's one of those moments where you're like, not of a thousand tears, a bomb dropped right next to her. She dropped it. In no way, Mouth Gideon won it in fair combat. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's impossible. Man. Well, since you know so much about this it. and you've got so much rich lore backing up that take and just that knowledge going into it, Boba Fett would totally take out Bo-Katan, no. though, right? Like, that's <laughs> that's a given. That's a given. I mean, he's based on a guy who murdered Jedi with his bare hands. So, like... Well, I mean, Bo-Katan's not a Jedi. No. Yeah. Bo-Katan has, has been trained, you know, in everything that Din and uh, Boba has been trained in. Theoretically, in more ways, because, you know, uh, Boba was not raised in the culture he's mm-hmm. trained by his dad uh, Bo-Katan was raised in House Vizsla and then, mm-hmm. then into Death Watch so you can imagine mm-hmm. the, the type of warriors that are within within her proximity and wh- who's, who's training her I think sure. if we were to talk about the Mandalorians in existence today the only person that would probably Get go one toe to toe with Bo-Katan, like realistically and narratively, would be the armor. Oh, that's a fight. I'm, I'm, I want to see. see that. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> that kind of like plays into my mind of how the armorer dies. Like, because we talked about the prediction of the armorer dying, and you'd have this very like or- orthodox creed way, and Bo-Katan not, and there's a showdown. Mm-hmm. One has yeah, to be the there's victor. a there's a tag team in the future, I believe, because Din represents the the the, the spirituality of Mandalore, and Bo-Katan represents like I guess, I guess the the tradition of it. Right? She yeah. comes from mm-hmm. a background where she was a princess, and everything she did was for duty, and that's that that is what kind of desensitized her to the mysticism of it all. And she's like, yeah, 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 I, I recited all of these creeds for all of our subjects. And Din represents the spirituality, whereas Paz, Paz Vizsla is all about basically what Bo-Katan is, but like, you know, entitlement and power in the name of House Vizsla, but has no real, like, has no real solid foundation that Din has in terms of respecting the spirituality. and. Uh, and the armor is the same thing with, with Bo-Katan. It's like, she, she's got the history and the traditions, but it's like, a it's kind of like a splintered version of it because they were cloistered. And so, uh, I, I feel like Din and Bo-Katan will go up against the armor and Paz, you know, they get a rematch, uh, Paz, uh, Paz versus Din, Din will finally know. How to use a dark saber with the help of Bo-Katan and Sabine? Ooh, <laughs> yo, yo, yo! Sabine. That would be so happen. awesome. We're hoping to see that too. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, already it seems like we've seen all of the clips from the trailer. Yeah, well, didn't they also had the Doctor Pershing on Coruscant? It looks like. Okay, yeah, yeah. there's some Coruscant stuff. I think, but yeah, like we've seen this, most of the big stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. from I feel the like trailer. This episode was definitely like the poster child tr- of the trailer. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of from the trailer was from and here. on the physical posters. Yeah, yep, <laughs> and uh, but it was so it's it's cool to see that was 
towards the front end of this debut of this show. Yeah, so clearly they have a story that they need to be moving on. And we were talking about this a little bit before we went live um, about how the first and second season were just a lot more side questy. Like mm-hmm. the whole this whole episode could have very easily been like, oh, they didn't have the parts for IG eleven, so like that becomes like the main quest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't like that. That's a plot device. Like, still not like I don't think we should be wasting time trying to find a memory circuit for mm. IG eleven. His his argument to Pelimoto was that um, he needs its machinery to like test the air and stuff. R five can do that. Any droid <laughs> can droid do for that. Spelunking. Just like make it. He, yeah, for spelunking. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think uh, I think it's all. I think that's kind of like a, a misdirect. I think R five mm-hmm. is 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 there now. It's gonna be like the replacement. Yeah, I thought it was. That makes more sense. And I, I really, that's why I love about um, new Star Wars content that utilizes the old and familiar in a mm-hmm. purposeful, fun way. When mm-hmm. they take back R five, like it was really cool seeing R five in what was it se- season two when we first? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that was awesome and great fan service. But now we're getting. We're, it's rewarding to see yeah. it now, even more so. And yeah. like Grogu was clearly attached. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I think we got some really great. A okay, one of our bingo predictions was Grogu says his first word. I, I went back <laughs> oh, and I listened. Yeah. I went back and I listened. It definitely sounds like he just kept doing baby, baby Google Gaga. But it was funny episode. that she said. Oh, that was his first word. I think they're it's hinting funny that she said it. I know because like, we were. Like, was like, I feel like they're hinting it like count? it's bigger. Like there's going to be a bigger reveal. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's going to be like dad, or like something. Mando. But this was definitely yeah. the m- most dialogue he's had. His <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to so talk far. this season. Yeah, he's getting new sounds. Yeah, yeah. That he's making. Yeah. He's also more emotive too. Like, he yeah. is. He's yes. frowning a lot, and he. Oh my gosh, he was so scared, and like his, his ears, the way his ears like went down. I know. Yeah, his eyes are big. Like, I gotta so, say, there's, it's it's commitment on on you know the story group's part to take a, a line from A New Hope and totally turn it into character development for R five. Because if you think about the line from A New Hope, he's got a bad motivator. Yeah, and then now. Mm-hmm. R5 is the astromech who's just unmotivated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's been a while. I like the, uh, did you read the certain point of view, 40th anniversary of A New Hope, and they have the chapter short story on R5? I don't remember like the I, full I, details I, of the story. Admittedly haven't. I did, I oh. did, I did read uh, a lot of stories in that book though. Yeah, there are some like great ones, but like they have, I don't remember the exacts of R5 stuff, but it's really his time to shine now. Nice. I'm excited. I'm excited for R5. He's what, you know, cool character. This is his chance. He's the comeback kid, comeback droid. Real excited to see where his story goes. I feel like we haven't talked enough though about, I kept on calling it the Bionicle, but whatever that, like, we've never cool. seen yeah. that on screen before. Yeah, like Cyborg, the, yeah, Bionicle, Modoc. I mean, yeah, yeah. like, um, Grievous is such a unique character. It almost, like, 
doesn't feel Star Warsy mm. enough. So it was a good like reminder that that is Star Wars, and it kind of had this yes. creepy t- alien type of yeah. fear around it too. I, I was getting like alien Matrix vibes, like the, yes, the with mixed drone. with like a Dalek. Yeah. From Doctor oh, Who yeah. with the eye. I'm like, that's that's what this thing is. And just like the draining of Din's blood was yes. just the icing on the cake. <laughs> yes. Totally. I feel like I feel like the Al- Alamites are, are like are like that that kind of species on the planet that is sort of is indigenous to Mandalore. And yes. yes. I, th- I think that I think that creature that horseshoe crab looking thing is is an alamite it's it's my version of like a caster or defiler so like they have their warriors that stay on the outskirts and and attack people in the caves and then they have their little their shaman and their their people who are experimenting on people's blood i i think that is an alamite as well but there's no way to be certain Otherwise, yeah, it's 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 a funny little cybernetic that is just just sits there waiting for people to pick up helmets. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, 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 for, I wonder how long he's been waiting. <laughs> first time I've jumped in the, the yeah, watching the Mandalorian ever. The Alamites too. They reminded me a lot of there's like these villains from this 1960 movie called The Time Machine, where it looks pretty similar as these pasty troll like looking things that live underground. And snatch people up who, you know, are unwittingly just falling into their grasp. And so, I, it wouldn't surprise me if those characters are based off that because there's all the homages they pay to old sci-fi films and in these shows. But yeah, super cool. They were also kind of creepy. I loved how Din kind of walks in. You're speaking to how many levels above Bo-Katan is over Din, and I thought it was really interesting how Din just walks into a trap. Where she kind of walks and stops and like points it out mm-hmm. and shoots and, before. Oh, and the way she like pushes him out of the yeah. way so slowly. Uh, yeah. She, She's mean, a pro. As a voice actress, this is I was her domain. Yeah. No, she, I mean, I was, I had to look her up because she's done a lot of other physical acting work too, which I was surprised with, but a lot of other performances where she's had to be in really cut athletic shape. So, I mean, it's just like oh, match made in heaven. She's always Starbucks to me. It's just awesome. From when? Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Yeah. Um, She's fantastic. And I'm just so happy they got her as a voice actress because, yeah, she's going to be great. I I do want to ask one before we move on. I want to ask about a prediction real quick. I'd love to hear what you think, Element, on this. I've said this for a while now, but I feel like the tone of the Mandalorian as a whole, the Mandoverse they're building out, they're kind of redefining right now what is a Mandalorian. And I think you're going to have these misfit Mandalorians like Bo-Katan, who's the failure. Din Djarin, who's this religious zealot. <laughs> Boba Fett, who's not even really a Mandalorian. He doesn't even so, claim to be a Mandalorian. He doesn't even yeah. claim to be one. But right now he's kind of like, well, I'm not cut out for being the sheriff thing or this, you know, be, you know being a mayor. So I guess what do I do next? I feel like you're going to take this group of misfits, redefine what really is a Mandalorian. And again, Boba's dad fought in those civil wars. So there's something there. There's got to be something mm-hmm. there where he'd have some sort of pride behind it. But most people have kind of given up to this point. Heck, Bo-Katan didn't even ever go back to test the air. Yeah, she was just like... All this yes. time. 
So I think we're going to lead back to all of them going back to like restore Mandalore and who's going to oppose them. But I think they're going to take the Thanos approach and introduce him way later, like in the Ahsoka series, but have uh, Thrawn be the big baddie where he too would like to go back to Mandalore, as we saw in Rebels, where they wanted Beskar armor. But I think now with their really actively working to build the First Order right now, Imagine them saying, okay, let's try this again. There are The First Order is already building on the, out, the outer rim, which Mandalore is on. So go back there. No one really knows about it. No one's checking out Mandal- Mandalore at all. The mines have been revisited. Go get Beskar armor. Give it to the new stormtroopers of the First Order. That's the mission, the battle for Mandalore. And I think Ooh. maybe the ultimate demise of Thrawn is what's waiting at the end of it. Ooh. So that's, that's, that's if it doesn't happen that way, I'm... I'm putting this out in the universe because John Favreau, y'all. I mean, that's beautiful. <laughs> he's you think he's going to start watching. rewriting? Mandalorians <laughs> assemble. Bump bump. I think I bump, think bump. I think it's very it's very likely something like that will happen because the fangs or the gauntlets are in the Battle of Exegol, and so they mm. they they have to have had some sort of involvement with the New Republic in a way there, but where they would answer the call you know, back then. So I don't know. I don't know what will happen, um, but that sounds very, very likely because I do believe that narratively there, there is a direction where, you know, they do have to unite. They have to put a, put aside their differences. Um, and, and whether, whether that comes out of like a, uh, like a duel between the armor, bo Paz and, and Din, I think the outcome of that is more likely to be them united and a new kind of Mandalore. I mean, we, we already went through a, a new Mandalorian with Satine, which I have to say, mm-hmm. you gotta be real pieces of work to come so close to saying Satine without saying Satine like 500 times. Yeah. We got the no, father. Not a single mention. We didn't yeah. get Satine. Ugh. Yeah. I. She's coming. Okay, this but this season, Element, it's, I she's got to be coming. I do want your opinion on. In the first episode, we see um, another sort of baptism happening that the armor is doing. Armor is doing for like a new youngling, and I just wanted maybe your thoughts on where are they still recruiting people from? It felt like we left off season two with like a lot of the Mandalorian are gone and there's mm, like yeah. a lot more are dead. And now all of a sudden there's like a big clan that the armor has around and they all have very different colors on. So it seems like they're coming mm. from different places where, how are they recruiting people? Mm. That's a good question. Uh, I think, I think they have a lot of subscribers to the, to, to the faith from every house and every clan. Um, and I think they're all doing kind of their own, their own proselytizing across the galaxy. And to be fair, this is at a time where the Republic is rebuilding and you've still got many parts of the galaxy suffering from the aftermath of the Civil War. Um, and, and still suffering from the aftermath of just the Empire. So mm. even with even with you know um Din's uh, world being attacked by separatists you would have worlds that were attacked by the empire and continue to be attacked by the remnants uh, after the war is over 
So I think there's still a lot of people who, you know, were orphaned or, uh, you know, left, uh, just to fend for themselves. And there's a lot of people to be found. And so if you have a whole bunch of Mandalorian clans, just kind of disparate and out there in the galaxy, looking around, they'll find some people and then they'll, they'll, they'll get their foundlings. Yeah. That's so And speaking to that too, talking about foundlings and Concordia, we got Concordia live action from a degree from afar. He got to see it. Doesn't fit the bingo card. He didn't, he didn't visit it, but he was, he saw it and, but it explained a lot. I mean, about his backstory, knowing he's from there, it kind Mm -hmm. of helps make sense. Like, okay, so what was it? Death watch or whatever. Like it makes sense why they were fighting separatists there because obviously they aligned with Dooku until Dooku kind of broke ties with them. And so this battle presumably take taking place after those events and so it's just interesting to see like okay there's to kind of lump him into a certain place in star wars history uh it's cool it's cool it adds a lot more to him i feel like and to get back to like the whole foundlings subject of like the armor and her clan of i i kind of see them as sure maybe recruiting but also in like in din's case rescuing some people like it's easy for us to kind of like start painting people in like corners of like oh these are the extreme people that are bad and bokatan's more of like the you know kind of like broken away but free spirit of this and din is like pegged in this corner and they do have their factions but i think we can point out certain goods in each one of the factions and like because we're all kind of gearing at or trying to unite them. And it's like, you want to unite, you know, the good in the people. And I, I kind of like see that as maybe, maybe they rescued that family. Maybe not, but who knows? But yeah, it's like, if you're trying to unite people, we're trying to rally behind a cause or a shared value. And that being the community of Mandalore. And so it is interesting to explore, but I think that's what makes the Mandalorian like as a wholesome great show just rallying behind that theme of like in what George Lucas kind of brought with Star Wars too is like religion and like getting to exploring these different beliefs mm, and yeah. values of people but identifying the shared values mm-hmm. so like what really matters you know so i think when you can tap into that that's pretty awesome i got to say with this this episode had a lot this is the one of the first times we've ever gone this far into our review and we've not once, we're actually over time now. And for the, this part of the show, we haven't <laughs> talked about our rating at all. Yeah. <laughs> There's the so numbers. much. To- <laughs> what are the numbers? What are the numbers? Okay. So real quick, um, Amanda gave it a 76%. Ouch. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a you, good solid score. So, yeah, solid barely score. passing, but you got there. 78% for Christian. And an eighty-eight point eight percent from myself. So, my well, qu- let's. What's the lowest scoring category? The lowest scoring category is. It looks like it's the music. The music. music. Yeah, and I think that's where nothing terrible about Followed the music, the but it wasn't relying on the music here. The music served its purpose, and it kind of like hid in the background because there are a lot of quiet yeah, totally. moments mm-hmm. and like it's suspenseful and whatnot. And that's what helped it with our yeah. lack of music and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it helped in that way. So we're kind of saying. The lack of music helped this episode. Turn right. 
to and, go left. <laughs> <laughs> and the immersive universe scored the highest. Well, yeah, as you yep. would very high. Yep. I mean, you and, had a dang mythosaur. And for new listeners, we do break down the story, the characters, technical aspects, music, and immersive universe. Each one getting one to five points, one to five stars, comprising with our, you know, everything can get a total of you know, a hundred points or hundred stars. So yeah, it's, it's totaled out to eighty point nine three percent. I feel like yep, yes. cumul- I feel like that's a solid, yeah. high scoring for any like individual episode for any serialized episode. To break eighty, that's, that's, that's a big deal. That's a special thing here at Duel of the Ranks. And the words of K two S O, that's high, very high. <laughs> yeah, it's like we don't have many things. We we do have pretty high standards. I don't think there's any single episode for us that have that's ever past 90 even because there's only like three movies for us that have and so we've and we hold everything to that standard um looks like andor was (laughs) 89.73 so that one's up there obi-wan kenobi part 5 88.4 mandalorian chapter 9 the marshall 88.27 so it's hard not many things it looks like this one would fall number 14 from all the shows all of the shows ever that we've gone through a lot of andor in that first 15 like the whole the whole series pretty much yeah there's that 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 was just like i think we had we had dark choco on last week who's who brought up he's just like well you gotta think of andor (laughs) as because i was kind of railing last week's episode if you haven't listened to it yet um i kind of was talking about was paint by numbers and everything and he's like think of andor as like as this great steak he's like you don't need it all the time when you do it's really really special he's like mandalorian it's more like a, a good burrito or like a hot dog or a burger and he's like and i'm like yeah i don't need to, you know like i get that but that's fine like that food's okay and i kid you not the next three days i went to costco and i had a hot dog i made homemade burgers and then I went to a friend's house and they had burritos. And I was just like, and everything <laughs> was fantastic. It was a time and place for all of <laughs> It those. was, yeah. And, it was, and every single time, like the hot dog came in clutch because I didn't have time for lunch. Right. And then that burger was the best burger I ever made myself. And then that, the tacos were fantastic. I'm like, you know what, Darth Taco, if you're ever listening to this episode, you were right. Mandalorian is just, it's just, Comfort it's, food. it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not that it's better than the food. steak. But man, is it is it really good? Yeah, we talk about food and Star Wars a lot now on this show. I like food yeah. a lot. I'm yeah. really hungry. After it's these a episodes. good. It's a good vessel for for analogies, basically. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, to to kind of extend the analogy, it's like um, these shows aren't competing with each other. They yeah. all serve. You a have different to remember purpose. that. Yeah. Yeah. They're painting and the mosaic know, of Star Wars. When when young Jedi adventures airs i'm gonna watch it i'm not a kindergartner but i'm gonna watch it and it's gonna serve the purpose of like hey i want to see some padawans learning from yoda in yeah. the high republic oh yeah it'll be so cute yeah that absolutely super cool i forgot the, the name of the furball but the the the, 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 little, blue, the little blue one with the oh the it's a new character fangs. i can't remember nubs, i'm totally blank nubs. which one nubs. Oh. <laughs> yeah i Iconic mean already so, like, Mandalorian has this kind of Star Wars camp um, with it, and Andor is is for those, like, intellectuals, right? You yeah, can, you for, can, like, the deep fan. Mm-hmm. You can watch both, and they'll be the best show ever to you for both reasons, right? So, like, it, what would I rate Andor on the camp scale? Really low, 
but it didn't need that. It didn't, that that's not what it was for. Uh, Mandalorian rates like almost number one for camp scale. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, when you guys break down into categories, um, for your, uh, rating system, it's like these shows are the best for what they are intending to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well put. And that talk about that diversity of content. It's just so awesome to have that based on whatever you're really looking for that day. Star Wars mm-hmm. isn't a specific vibe anymore. It's not reaching a specific like I mean really it's kind of like the Amazon now of just this form of entertainment where it's like we've got these kinds of shows and these kinds of shows and whatever you really need we've got something for you it's gonna explore every tone we've got space opera space western espionage with andor space western with manda like just we need more we we still need that tri-camera comedy yep we're going to get it i thought you were gonna yeah oh no i've been waiting for the boba and fennec retired (laughs) sitcom of them just being like honey where's my newspaper and they'll be like, oh, I think those rat dang kids grabbed it. And Momo's going to be like, all right, I'm going to go get Let the freaking... my gaffy stick. Yes. Everywhere you look, everywhere <laughs> there's a bounty, somebody will get you. Exactly. That's the one yeah. tone we're missing. Yeah. You we'll thought of that it. theme a lot. <laughs> I've just talked to Amanda about it many times. Yeah, and I've I keep tried, pitching it. tried to dissuade her. This is not, not no, at all great. what we need. No, that's not how I want to see Boba. No, don't come back that way, Boba, please. Boba, perfect we'll, we'll, casting we'll do, for that. We'll do Hondo. Ah, yes. there we go. Hondo yeah. okay. okay, see, you got me there. Down. I just I'm got so home from work and I smell profit. <laughs> yes, I will watch that show. No problems whatsoever. So what do you think of our rating, Element 80.93? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Are we off basis? What are you thinking? Um, I can never think anyone who is sharing an opinion is off basis. I'll, I'll just disagree and go 95%, but I'm a lore guy. Like, Nice. There's two things that Star Wars is missing heavily on in canon. Sith, Mandalore. Yeah. And I, and I use Mandalore, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lore. Um, yep. And You're my kind of guy. We got that. And, and so, like... Whenever we get an episode that's just lore heavy and exposition heavy, I don't care about all the other categories. I'm like yes. l- writing in my lore Bible and saying, yes, updating everything. And it's just great. Yeah. You know, I don't, I didn't need it to be anything else. Um, but I did appreciate, um, when we talked about this earlier, I did appreciate how we just stayed on track. Um, uh, you know, I was expecting as soon as I said, go get Bo-Katan, we were going to go back to Boon to Eve and see Boon to Eve, but we didn't. So that was mm-hmm. that was highly valuable you know, in terms of uh, having. Yeah. It teased it, but, you know, we were able to kind of go on and do different things. So much fun. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Star Wars is in such a good spot right now. It's going to pay off. It's yeah, definitely. I'm I think excited. in the next episode, like when Bo-Katan and Din are doing their thing, we're going to shift. Bo-Katan's going to be like, oh, so you need training with the Darksaber. Let me call my good friend Sabine. And Sabine's on Tatooine just watching no. the Boon to Eve classic. Well, Bo-Katan is now, she has to be a believer. Yeah. Like, she saw it with her own eyes. So she's going to have to have a character change in the next episode. I'm excited Stuff for that. Stuff was shaken. Uh, 
I don't, I don't think it was necessarily, um, a different, like a, a belief and not belief for, for Bo-Katan. I think she was just, it's just, it's, it's those non-practicing Christians. It's just kind of like they grew up in it and it's just like, whatever at this point, you know, it's like, I, I get it. I've done all of this. Um, and, and Din is the person that hasn't seen anything. So his, his, the awe and the wonder behind the mysticism is just accelerated and multiplied for him. Um, and I think it's rekindled in her. I think she, she finally, I don't even think she just to seeing the mythosaur. I don't think Bo-Katan finally believes that the waters are magical, but seeing the mythosaur and seeing like a degree of truth behind the history of their culture means she can appreciate it that much more or respect it. Yeah. It certainly breaks walls for her to be more open to like, what else have I been shutting off? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, there's some very cool parallels to draw from it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then speak on that religious front. I just learned today that that glass shard that, uh, Mando's walking around with is actually directly translates to a passage from Exodus which is really interesting. Oh, they showed the Mando on that one. Yeah, I wasn't even, I didn't even know until today where they're just like, yeah, it's Exodus 10, five through six. And for folks who don't know about that book of the Bible, well, the Israelites are captives in Egypt and they're not in their homeland and they have this figure in Moses who comes out, who's delivering the word of God and says, hey, let my people go. And they forcibly go home through a whole series of events and different plagues and things that happen to Egyptians, they all leave and he leads them back to the promised land. So Mm -hmm. really interesting to see, you know, the form of the baptism that we had with the little boy that was cut short with the, the big creature last time. And then he's getting ready to baptize himself again, a very religious tone in comparison to those samurai tones we had like, or Western tones we had in the first two seasons of Mando. Mm-hmm. Of Mando. And he's going in to be baptized himself. And again, another big creature comes in and cuts it off before he can finish uh, what they're getting ready to say. I don't know. I want to say the first one's an oath. This one, it's more of kind of a recommitment or a mm-hmm. re-baptism to what he believed. And again, something cut it off before he was actually able to finish what he was saying. Another big animal. So, something with that. And I'm just, it just piques your curiosity. Yeah. You're like, this is super, super cool. Love the tone they're taking this season. And I don't know, I, a, can't, I, it's, I can't tell you last time I was this excited for Mandalorian. It's a, it's a great parallel because, you know, in Legends, the Tong originally came from um, Notron, or what they called Coruscant. Um, what they call Coruscant in Legends back then. Um, but the Tong were kind of exiled because of the humans and they had to find, um, you know, the promised land. And when they landed on this planet and found the mythosaur, it became like this huge kind of sanctuary savior moment. So when, when, when they first tamed the mythosaur, that's when it became the thing for them, and they created this whole culture around the mythosaur, and that's when they became the Mandalorians. Um, so that passage, very, very, the, the parallel um, with the Exodus is, is super neat. I like that. Yeah. Bo-Karen. Bo- 
Bo Karen. <laughs> oh, man. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Also, I want to add this episode. I was like, oh, someone said Bo Katan. I'm like, that's the spelling. And then someone immediately right afterwards said, and it was the armor when they did a flashback. Bo Katan. I know. I, I saw was like, that no. I was like, it can be either or, just like it's Han or Han. Yeah. Or Settlers of Bo Katan. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is now. Oh, but the baptism. I was, maybe you guys know, but was he drugged down by I think he just sank. Or was it just like, lead in his boots or the mysticism of the water or like what the heck i, I think, think he, he just the, i think it just like the cliff like the fall off he just, it is just sank like a rock yeah interesting yeah, if, i thought he was kind of pulled down if we apparently if we there's some at, debate about it if we look at what they show with bo diving she dives into the water and then goes into a tight tunnel that then mm-hmm. opens up into a larger um, cavern. So I think Din slipped and fell through that hole and then kind of just sunk from mm-hmm. there. He's like, he is Boba. He's just clumsy, making mistakes when it's his own show. <laughs> it seems like an external, unnatural force. I don't know. Maybe I was reading too far into it. Maybe there so could have been like a, a vacuum also pulling them down. As Maybe well. currents. Next subject for next week's episode, just currents and the science all behind that. And, <laughs> and we've lost vortices. any new listeners. Like, oh no. <laughs> Element's gone. They're going to start talking about nature rivers. What is the difference between that Stalagmites, and stalactites, you know, in these things? You got to really find that distinction. Man, I would love to see an episode of Mando just about tributaries, lakes. No. Yeah, that the would be so nice. Different types of rock. Mm. I'll just yeah, sink to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. Maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should go to the next segment. <laughs> Ooh, something, yeah, pretty hot, pretty spicy. Hot take segment of the show. Darth Vader, bring us in. Don't be too proud of this podcast you've constructed. The ability to rank content is insignificant next to the power of an exceptional hot take. All right, it is hot takes time, and I've got one. I had one, but we had a conversation today, and I've come up with another one. If it, this is just my personal bias, if you will. Okay, there's no fact behind this, in my opinion. Maybe there is. Maybe there's something factual out there I haven't read yet. But from where I stand as a fanboy, <laughs> if Bo Katan and Boba Fett, whatever, duke it out. I'm just saying, yeah, Boba Fett would have a couple scratches, but it'd be one of those like, you know, all that for a drop of blood. And Boba Fett would, you know, take her out. <laughs> so that's that's my hot take. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that much of a hot take. I, I think because because Chaco and I deal with like the versus community a lot in terms of mm-hmm. like who would win in the lightsaber duel, it's it's not it's not a binary thing. Um, they win or, or, or they win. Uh, they, they, sure. they fought this person before and won. So therefore, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Vis- concordantly, it's, yeah. it's always about the story of the fight and, um, where that person is on that day. And I like to, and I like to, uh, a site Hunter Hunter. Uh, if you, if you're unfamiliar, that's an anime. Um, and, he, the this kid is training to fight a much more powerful 
an older competitor and and their uh their mentor is like it's never about who's more powerful it's it's about where that person is on any given day mentally because the strongest person in the world can lose to the weakest person in the world on their worst day you know and everybody has bad days so superman has lost to batman but that doesn't mean batman can take on all of the deities in dc it's just that's the situation that's the story that was told you know he was prepared for it so yeah I, it's like it's like what is boba fett and bo-katan fighting over yeah this is just that's like in my head too. we're gonna go like super five-year-old here you got two characters on super smash brothers <laughs> star wars edition <laughs> and that's what this is one of them is just clearly like everyone's like oh you're gonna use that character really boba Kirby. okay yep you're going that's where you're going okay got it he's using boba y'all clearly he can't play the game that's what that's where i'm leaning he's if just Bo-Katan's oh, using the dark saber no, all right, hold on now. <laughs> hold on Next now. Next levels. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Like I'll, uh, give, I'll give I'll give Boba Fett like the bounty hunter tricks of the trade, like fighting dirty, um, and then I'll give Bo-Katan like the, tr- the traditional techniques, and you know, it's like the boxer versus the MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, Great point. If this is if this is a boxing match, Bo-Katan wins. If this is an MMA, MMA match, Boba wins. Well, if you also look at their fighting style. Like, again, very, like, especially the Mando season two, uh, Tamara Morrison fighting with just brute force, just crushing uh, the uh, helmets of the stormtroopers, whereas Bo-Katan's not really heavy punches by any means. In fact, they're pretty light, but everything's about precision. And so when she's hitting, like, you know, that creature or whatever hits right in the throat with a blade and everything's Mm -hmm. fast hits, really, really, as you mentioned, technique. And so, again, it's kind of like fighting Fox versus Bowser in Smash Bros Mm -hmm. is kind of what I'm thinking of it. Where, like, yeah, Fox is certainly faster and effective at building up those high points, but if Bowser lands that big hit, She's done. So I think you answered your own question, and I'm going to say milk toast. Yeah, I think that's what he says, too. Yeah. Christian, is that where you're leaning? Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. that's that's probably fair. I you know, I thought that was something, but it's not. Hey, you know. You fool. Your dick is milk toast. <coughs> All right. Who's got the next take? I'll go. Um... <laughs> We already, you were already kind of talking about this, Amanda. My hot take is Mando and Bo Katan should get married, and they're a better (gasps) couple than Ray and Kylo. You added that she would have she would have been bought in until you added that last well, piece. I I don't know if Whoa. that was if people would have jumped on board for the hot take. I was like just to further make it a hot yeah. take or provocative. Yeah. I think you have to say like better than X. <laughs> yes. Wow. How do we even start breaking down? This that is one? how I picture it going <laughs> down because we both love these characters and we kind of want to see them both with the dark saber but bo katan's great with it but we don't want to see him fight for the dark saber yeah. right so oh, no, yeah. what's the work so just kiss just kiss <laughs> just get married and it makes for a great dynamic like 
you have differing beliefs. And so it, it makes room for like an interesting, spicy marriage. You know, you're going to fight about certain things, how to raise your kids, you know, <laughs> when you're going to do go to Sunday oh, church or guy. Sabbath or nothing at all or whatever. Uh, but you can rally behind the shared value of Mandalore, <laughs> that church. I'm going to say so, it's a hot take. I'm voting it down. Okay. It is a hot take. Hot dog. I finally got a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got one. Unless uh, Element 7 already thought of this and it's milk toast to you. Leia, um, Leia's only hope wrote in the comments, I want Mando and the lady he meets and helps save the village with in season one. I'm with and that too. Oh, that works that too. That works too. The widow. Too. Yeah. yeah. I Mary forgot Lettuce, about her. Yeah. She's a good, she's a good contender too. Um, milk toaster hot take. See, it would be a hot take if I didn't also agree that like everything else is a better love story than Raylo. <laughs> it's kind of like still better. Okay, so that had the opposite effect of what I was going really for. Happened, yeah. You Slash know, that from my hot take. <laughs> what do you think, Amanda? I'm gonna say it's a hot take, and I'm. I'm just going to agree. I'm just going to be chaotic and agree. What? 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 <laughs> so we have a universe. So there's a tie. So comment section. Let us know what you think. We'll get back to We'll give you a score in a second. want to see what the comments say. We'll have to lean on the fans All here. Hyper Hate Space Hero. Come on, guys. They said Milk Toast too. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But we'll see. We'll see. It's a good take. It was okay. an interesting take. Okay, I, I don't know if I even have a hot take, but I just have like an idea, a suggestion, if you will. Yeah. Um, I wish there was like a post credit scene after every episode of The Mandalorian that's just like some really short, like like 30 second clip. And it could be like we jump back to Pelimoto and she just like is in bed with a Jawa or something smoking a cigarette <laughs> or like just something like really like... <laughs> Like this what? weird little exclamation point at the end of the episode. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so are you primarily going for like the surprising comedic factor? Yes. Like not yeah. like serious, epic, whatever. Yeah. Like it could be the end of the episode and a main character just dies and the credits all roll. Oh, it's yeah. just like the stupid moment. You could make it work. Yeah. I, I would like to see it. I'm going to vote that down too. <sighs> You really are really just going into this sitcom <laughs> format. I like with to Andor. Laugh. No, May, I don't know. I'd have to see it to see what happens. But I so think you can make now. it work. I think you could make it work. But as it stands right now with this current show, um, maybe not the specific cigarette and Jawa in bed and everything, <laughs> but. I think uh, down the road maybe Mandalorian has already shown like you can have light comedy in it and it works. They they go for light comedy and camp and like it could just be like a forgotten scene yeah. like when R five goes down to like meet those what are they called all alamites alamites. alamites. I totally it could have been like saying. an awkward moment and then that's why he didn't end up finding him. There. Yeah, you know, like just a weird deleted. Scene. Oh yeah, I see it. You can make it work. <laughs> all right, so I say no, Christian. Is that a yes? Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Element, where do you well, stand? I, hot take. I, I, yes. I don't know if it's yeah. a hot take, but it's... He it agrees. Work. Yeah, yeah. It's a simmering take. 
It's job. sizzling. Someone's getting hot. Oh, simmering new category. Oh, a hyperspace hero <laughs> says Amanda <laughs> there is you 100 go. on All right, team. Amanda. You got Amanda agreeing with you. Yeah. Roger, Roger. The old Roger, Roger. Okay. Element, what is your take? If you got one. Let's see. I can always go with the, the, the Grey Jedi aren't, uh, aren't possible. Um, yeah. I don't know how hot of a take that is, but I think I'll go with... Uh, the majority of people who are drawn to the Sith don't know how the Force works. Oh, can you explain a little bit more? Um, well, for no. the most part, it, it really depends on why you're drawing to the drawn to the Sith. But a lot of people think that the light side is a, a monastic decision. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to be a Buddhist monk and and you know be free of emotion and not eat meat or something. But mm-hmm. in, actual, in actuality, there's the the duality exists for the purposes of the narrative where you have the good and the bad. It's fine. We can see in gray all the time. It's 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 necessary for the real world to see in shades, right? But for the purposes of Star Wars, it is essentially a good and bad duality. And when when you talk about the Jedi and people who serve the light that aren't the Jedi. Most people think that is extreme and they are drawn to the Sith because they represent the freedom to feel things and the freedom to, to have emotion. But the reality is the light side is just being normal. The light side is uh, at its core serving life. So us here, you guys sitting there having some dark thoughts here and there, um, eating meat or doing whatever going on with your life. That's all light side. So you don't have to like extremely go on the opposite end of the spectrum to have your cake and eat it. And so everybody thinks that the lights is being a Jedi. So I don't want to be like in an order where like we have to be so controlling of our emotions and our attachments. I'm going to be a Sith, which means you kidnap children and you genocide planets and you spend every hour of the day uh, thinking about conquest and backstabbing people. Mm-hmm. And you also have to spend every hour of, you, of the day thinking about who's going to backstab you because that's the entirety of the Sith code, right? So... Yes, our, our food analogies. <laughs> yes. So Okay, yeah. so you, I want to preface, for everyone who already doesn't know by listening to this episode, this man knows a lot more about Star Wars than I do. All that to be said, with what I know to this day, I'm down to be educated, but I'm going to disagree. Oh. Yeah, because I'm in a disagreeable mood today. Okay. And I'm, no, <laughs> no, maybe help me understand this then, because my understanding is that the Jedi, while being normal, it's kind of like they are almost like a recovering addict of some kind. You're not you're allowed to enjoy life, but there's so many things you just have to be void of. Like no real intimacy with others. Don't form any strong relationships. Don't have any of these things that could pull you to the dark side. But those are like you're saying the best fruits of life we have to be void of. In the pursuit of, I guess, in their mind, righteousness or whatever it is. And so that's what makes the obviously the pull to the dark side appealing. 
But my question is, and you're saying the gray couldn't be possible. I don't know why that is, and I'm sure there's a great reason. But to me, it's where it's like, you know, I there's got to be something where, you know, these are the best. I mean, again, going on these like religious themes, like a lot of Christians and other, like other, most religions in the world will say, yeah, love is one of these fruits of the spirit. It's this really positive thing. And the Jedi are this one religion where they're like, nope, <laughs> not that. And the Sith are like, come here. We've got love and a whole lot of other crazy kid killing activities too. <laughs> I'm like, there's got to be some middle. There's got to uh, be something else. So, so there is a middle, which is what the the place where the Bendu resides. You know, I'm the one in the middle, the Bendu. It's neither mm-hmm. Ashla or Bogan. Um, but the thing is, seeing in shades of gray, it all happens on the light side. the The only reason that duality exists light uh, light side and dark side is because George Lucas wanted to create a red versus blue. He wanted to create yeah. a good versus bad. But if you're on the light, that doesn't mean you're a hippie or you you see sunshine and rainbows all the time mm-hmm. you can you can see the shades of gray you can be morally gray and still be serving life that's the only thing that the light side denotes is, is are you serving life or are you selfish and taking from life yeah. so yeah you don't need to be a jedi to serve the light and you don't need to be an extremely monastic you know, um, devoid of emotion person to serve the light. You could be Hondo serves the light, which is an odd thing to think about. Scoundrels serve the light. Um, so long as they're not, you know, murdering, going on a murder spree. Mm. But the thing about the Jedi is that they, they're not devoid of all of these things. It's they're, they're just kind of steered away from it to, to help them, um, to help them stave off the temptations of the dark side, because as a force sensitive, the temptations are that much worse. Mm. So if yeah. you take someone that is, if you take someone that is not force sensitive and they get angry, that's, that's going, that's not going to fester. Someone well, who is force sensitive is going to fester in that. And well, it's, it's interesting because, them. Well, like his pat, like Anakin's passion, love for Padme, and the fear that was accompanied with it of losing her is what led to all of these horrible events. Um, and maybe Obi Wan, there's there's love maybe stepped in where you know he could have been a better a figure and could have reported things, but didn't because he loved Anakin and whatever. But it's that same love that got Darth Vader to save his son and ultimately mm-hmm. pull away from his boss. So there's. There's something there where, you know, it's just interesting. We don't have, you know, there's there's so much to unpack with all that. I I will say uh, attachment is is one of those things that largely gets misunderstood as well. um, Because the attachments are inherent with the Mm. way that the Jedi Order is already structured. You have attachments with your master and your Padawan and your younglings. The the only the only thing that the Jedi Order ever really teaches you is to be mindful of them and to let go, so that once when you lose someone, it doesn't it doesn't control you and it doesn't kind of send you in a downward spiral where the dark side can 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 grab onto you. So it's kind of yeah. like um, I, I like to say Ahsoka. 
had done the most Jedi thing possible by leaving the Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that is yeah. an attachment. Yeah. Yep. It's true. What do you two think of this? Whew. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. We have talked a lot about kind of this. We debated that take before, you know, by just like, are Jedi toxic or not or whatever and all that stuff. And yeah, I agree a lot of with what you're saying, Element 7. There is a desired middle. There's a desired balance. And I think especially Luke Skywalker in, you know, the expanded universe, he was he definitely pulled more for a middle, well-balanced um, light side of the, you know, force with his new Jedi order. He, he recognized kind of those, the downfalls of strict legalism. And so I agree with a lot of what you're saying there. And to get back to your take, what was it? The Sith don't understand the force. Or the people that are, cha- are fans of the Sith don't really understand. I would say, uh, I think I said the majority of people who are drawn to the Sith Mm. don't understand how the force works yeah Mm. and i think i think a lot of that kind of like you were saying also with the fighting the verses whatever it depends on a certain given day because on you know anakin's worst day the the appeal to the dark side of the sith was much more than the light side of losing padme or whatnot and so not to justify the sith or anything in any anything bad like that but there's a complexity to seeing that attraction of like giving into your emotions or acknowledging that you can have emotions and uh there's a book the lost tribe of the sith expanded universe and like it explores a lot of just how the sith operate and a lot of it is just being pessimistic about your own power losing your own power and yeah it's it's very focused on self it's like they're all focused on your big self-help book and it's like self-help can only help you so much it's like let's be giving and generous you know of our time and energy so i i think i agree with most of what you're saying but yeah i'm i'm gonna give him a roger roger all right then the consensus is in roger roger after that conversation i i will say i will say um a lot of times the Jedi are lumped in together yeah. with mm-hmm. this particular take, but everyone's different, right? Yeah. We have people like Qui-Gon and Quinlan Voss who are rogues in their thinking. But if you think that the Jedi are all like singular thinking and dogmatic and indoctrinated, when you have people like Count Dooku and Quinlan Voss and Qui-Gon that are coming out of that, t- that kind of education system, thinking the way they do mm-hmm. and you kind of realize well how is it turning out critical thinkers and people who disagree you know yeah wow this was a very packed <laughs> hot take segment <laughs> and uh I, I love the progression of super smash brothers that just fight each other and yeah, so boom, like, boom. So, what is the gray area of life like wow <laughs> there is there yeah there's there's really no uh transition naturally to trivia time but now we have trivia so let's do it this is the way to trivia time <laughs> it is trivia time 
Okay, so in honor of our guest tonight, we have two questions. The first one is dedicated to a character that Element is just uh, holds near and dear to his heart. So, the first of two questions, what did Yoda tell Luke Skywalker he would be? A, tired, B, powerful, C, strong, or D, afraid? You will be. You will be. That would be afraid. I was, was I supposed to strong. answer? It's okay. You yes. can answer. I'm, you can answer. I was going to say strong. I don't know what I was going to say because I was like, what scene are we talking about? And then you're like, you, you will be. be. <laughs> I'll go with afraid. Element 7 knows what he's talking about. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> that was a perfect Mark <laughs> Hamill impression. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the answer is afraid. So good job, everyone. Second question, a little bit easier. What attack pattern did Luke Skywalker order at the beginning of the Hoth ground battle? Was it A, attack, batter, attack pattern alpha, B, attack pattern delta, C, attack pattern Omega, or D, attack pattern Epsilon. I really feel like hyperspace heroes would know the answer to this one. I don't know I'm why. I'm going to say Delta. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, it, may, it, it rolls off the tongue. You, Delta. You're all correct. You Dang. are all correct. Nice. You know, Apparently, like when you're flying, one. you got to do a quick Delta a quick formation. Delta. Yeah, yeah, fly Delta, not United. <laughs> it's just not something that you you remember from the movies, right? Oh, you remember no. that quote where he's like, "Attack pattern epsilon." No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's too and then the one pilot, even like, for George Lucas, sir, I don't remember that one. <laughs> Can you walk me through that? Yeah, just plug in these coordinates, bare left. <laughs> Baby Yoda's just like that's what he was saying in this one. Epsilon, <laughs> go find back. <laughs> well, this has been a fantastic episode of Duel of the Ranks, longer than normal, but just like this episode of Mando, just packed packed with good stuff element that includes you thanks so much for being yeah on this week's episode of duel of the rings for the listeners who haven't heard of who you are what you do where can they check you out if they want to see more of yourself die in the force and everything else well first of all thank you guys for having me it was a blast uh, love the conversations um if you guys want to check me out i'm on tiktok at underscore element seven underscore underscore gang that's not part of the username. That's <laughs> what we represent here. Um, you can also find me on YouTube along with my other half, Darth Chaco on diet in the force. So that's youtube.com slash diet in the force. And we're live every Saturday at 5 PM Pacific time where we talk about the latest in star Wars. And we have a variety show esque latter half of the, of the show where we play real fans would know. And Star Wars Pictionary, and real fans would know, is basically uh, the Star Wars version of um actually, and it's a fun, oh, fun cool. game to play. Nice, awesome, nice. Well, seriously, everyone that's listening, go check it out. You guys are yourself, Darchaka. The two things that you guys, all the stuff y'all put out, is fantastic. We put out some pretty okay stuff to ourselves. And one of the things we put out this week was a bingo card. We've actually, for all the folks who haven't seen our Twitter page, go check it out. We are still running a Duel of the Ranks Mando bingo. And we had two numbers this week get called out, number 5 and 24. If you have those, you can cross them off. Number 5, 
Mando loses the dark saber. He did, in fact, lose it in a short time, but he lost it. And number twenty-four, we see a mythosaur. Those two events happen again. We have forty-four things in our list, and we've now crossed out four of them. IG Eleven came back to life, and Dank Ferrick was said before the end of episode two. So, someone could yeah have a bingo now. Theoretically, have a bingo. Theoretically, have a bingo. Got four things. So if anyone else is interested in playing Mando Bingo, feel free to send us a DM to our Twitter. You can go to duelthranks.com, duelthranks at gmail.com too. You can just email us if you want to jump in with us. It's a whole lot of fun. Winner gets a shirt. So it's going to be pretty uh, pretty exciting. If you want to find out where you can see more Duel of the Ranks content, Amanda, where can folks find us? Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We're posting content up there every once in a while, and we always love to hear your hot takes. We had a lot of great people, um, great new people join the chat this episode, yeah. and um, it's great to interact with you guys and see uh, what you think of our hot takes, too. So stay in touch. Yep. And that's it. That's this week's episode of Duel of the Ranks. It's been a whole lot of fun. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. We have a special guest, Mandalorian, joining us next week. She's got some great, great takes that she's going to be sharing with us. Really excited about that as we break down The Mandalorian Season 3, Chapter 19. See y'all then.